0: To weekly review with Roman. Today it's Friday, November 30th, 2018. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from the Mission District in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land. Thank you for listening in. I'll provide a trigger warning as sometimes I forget to do it because this is a, a news and current events program and we talk about what's happening in the world and people in positions of power who cause a lot of harm. Uh, and that's a very concise way of, of putting it and just talking about what's happening and wanting to provide perspectives that are not usually covered in corporate media. And so it's really important just to get the, the narratives out there. And I've been thinking a lot about everything that's happening. And it's extremely depressing and traumatizing and recognizing that these are patterns that have been going on for centuries. And also, of course, many, many folks where people think about what can we do to stop it? and recognizing that it's it's systemic and it's larger than any of us, yet together we can combat it and change it and create the type of world that we all want to live in. And I think so much of it happens to do with the narrative, where people in positions, positions of power have money, they have access to either print media, television media, think of Sinclair for instance, and they're espousing lies, they are scapegoating people, they are victim blaming, they are lying and creating narratives to support their positions, which is about causing harm to people who are seeking looking for a better life. And, of course, we're speaking of folks from Central America who are emigrating and looking to escape violence in their countries, which has been caused by the U.S. government and military, and just actions. That's a very broad way of putting it. However, the actions that have been done in our name, the U.S., folks are escaping violence. And how are they greeted here? But by with tear gas. And Sinclair, which is one of the major broadcasting they the corporation, they own a lot of networks or certain perhaps I'm like, I want to make sure I'm using the right language here. They have a certain language that they want to use in terms of telling folks what's happening and they've been just standing behind the border patrol who has been tear gassing people. And I feel like it's the there's the violent acts in the first place, which are horrendous, and then there are the folks who defend it, which is also horrendous, and also gets a lot of people on board with that, who ordinarily, if they were actually to know what was happening, might not feel that way. And that's, I feel like, the most scary part are all the folks who are standing by, who are just watching, witnessing, and, and accepting it and supporting it. And so what can we do to get the narrative out there? How do we amplify and elevate the voices of the folks who are most being oppressed and who are going through this firsthand? So I've been uh, following some folks online, some folks who are down there. Jesse Sandoval is one, and Jesse called in, I believe it was two weeks ago, to the program. Maybe it was last week. It's been a long week. It's been a long year. It's hard to keep track of the times. Of th- Maybe it was even last week. I don't... Maybe it was... It's, I'm honestly, I, it's been that kind of a year. It's hard to keep track and so much is happening and there's so much to comprehend and understand. And it seems like there's one attack after the other, every, every single day. If it's not a mass shooting, there are swastikas being found in teachers classrooms on black Panther murals in LA. Thankfully that one has already been corrected by one of the artists, by many folks who came through to correct it. And the same thing was kind of happening here in, uh, at Clarion Alley in San Francisco, which is an incredible... There's, there's so many great murals there. And I think it was a few months ago. You can't quote me on The Times now because I honestly can't keep track of The Times because things happen so quickly. And folks, thankfully, were able to correct it, but there have been... a number of people who have wrote like painted MAGA hats on folks and crossed out Free Palestine and other such... just people who have defaced incredible, important artwork. And thankfully the communities come together and they paint over it. It's just how fucking exhausting is that? So if you're interested in getting updates, please do follow Jesse Sandoval. Jesse is on Facebook as well as Twitter. And hopefully we'll be able to speak with Jesse soon as well as other folks who are down there. Um, just to get updates of what's actually happening and how, and also how folks can support. I know a lot of people want to support, and there's also ways that uh, may be more helpful than others, more concrete than others. And also, we have different a- folks have different access to different resources. So, also just wanting to put that out there. Some folks might have capital. Some folks may be able to spread the word. Other people can donate items. Uh, lots of different ways to to help out. So, hopefully, we will be able to share some information with folks uh, later open up the show we are been i've been playing uh, music from jklm that's juba kalamka and leroy moore invalidations volume two it's a really incredible album playing all the tracks down and uh needed to play some again because it's so good i wanted to share that with folks and i want to suggest that folks can please uh, support these artists and you can purchase the album. If you go to jubakalamka.bandcamp.com and that's J-U-B-A-K-A-L-A-M-K-A.bandcamp.com and this is album, uh, it's Invalidations volume two and there's a lot of other great music there as well. So please do support local artists, really good stuff. Great. Okay. So, there's a lot of news articles to get to. Uh, I usually get depressed when I read them because they're sad and uh, it's upsetting. And also, there's positive things that are happening, too. Um, well, th- there are. There really are. There's a lot of folks. There's folks going on strike. There's folks uh, uniting, uh, folks protesting. There was a big uh, protest at PG&E recently because of the, the fire and how PG&E is like, oh, we don't want to be held accountable because we're a big company. And that's what big companies do. They, n- they, n- they don't get held accountable. Big companies like PG&E, big banks, they get bailed out while people don't. It's just how things are. <sighs> I often wonder what if there are some outer space beings listening in and if they would understand. I mean, there's a lot of things to listen to. I don't know why they would choose this necessarily, but they'd be like, wow, Earth is Earth is a mess. Or maybe not the planet. I mean, the planet's turning into a mess due to capitalism and, and humans and... Uh, Etc. However, it's, uh, things seem really backwards. Speaking of backwards, there's another story I may or may not get to. Uh, Denver paid cleanup company forty, f- excuse me, not forty four hundred thousand dollars to help in ho- houseless sweeps. And we know that same things happening here in San Francisco. And folks, when I mean, hopefully things will with Prop C passing, there'll be more funds being put towards helping folks get housing and cert- access services. However, when Prop Q passed, that was I guess last year. Uh, it really authorize more sweeps to happen, which is just disgusting. And when folks who complain about the budget for unhoused folks, they don't realize that part of that budget is they pay. It's going to the SFPD and the DPW, Department of Public Works, who go in and they move people's stuff and they cause more harm than good. They actually make things worse. So it's just, it's so disgusting that there's, there's funds that are allocated And those funds are used to make things worse. It's kind of like prisons. It's like putting more and putting more cops into schools instead of counselors. Anyway, um, yeah, that's just, it's the world that we live in. So what are we going to do about it? How do we fix it or make it better? At least witness what's happening so we can acknowledge that it's happening because there's a lot of fucking gaslighting that's going on. Oh, goodness. I did want to start off with a... A, a story, a post I read yesterday, an article, and it made me laugh a little bit. It's deeply, it's concerning, and also just the examples they gave. I was like, "Yep," and I thought I would start off the show with at least something that <sighs> it's it's a shame that things like this have to be written. And it also puts things in perspective. And this is from intomore.com. Gender reveal parties have caused more devastation than trans people in bathrooms. And a lot of us know that. I'm a trans person. I use the bathroom every day, haven't caused any harm there. And uh, yet, there's still this, uh, especially a lot of trans misogyny and fear of trans women using bathrooms. And yet, it's more, I think GOP politicians have caused harm, have been have caused actual harm in bathrooms and any trans people it's this fucking ridiculous again going with the the scapegoating and instead of holding people accountable who caused the harm it's making life difficult for other folks who are just wanting to live their lives so I'll get to this article here and this was written by Katie or excuse me Kate Sosin and this came out on October 12th, 2018. It's a growing crisis of violence that threatens families from coast to coast. Another gender reveal party turned violent this week at an Applebee's in Ohio. Police are investigating after a party of 20 people exploded blue confetti poppers outside the restaurant and then started a brawl when they were asked to clean it up, according to Fox 8 Cleveland. It's the latest in a spate of tragedies that to befall the parties where parents unveil the sex of their babies. Research shows that gender reveal parties are in fact more dangerous than transgender people using public bathrooms. This year, the American Journal of Psychiatry and Law published a study that examined incidents of transgender people committing sex crimes in bathrooms and locker rooms. Researchers found just one documented case of a trans person taking photos of someone in a dressing room. They also found one found another single instance where a cisgender man undressed in a woman's locker room and claimed the law allowing trans people to use facilities in accordance with their gender allowed him to be there. In April 2017, a gender reveal party in Arizona caused a full-on natural disaster when an off-duty Border Patrol agent fired an explosive with colored powder, blue or pink, at a target in celebration of his wife's pregnancy. Instead of a gender reveal, the couple got a 47,000-acre wildfire. The agent was forced to pay $220,000 in restitution. In July, a couple couple in Philadelphia decided to reveal the gender of their offspring by shooting off pink fireworks. That literally exploded in the faces of their guests when they misaimed the fireworks and sent everyone screaming. Do we need to hear the audio from that? Because I'm feeling like folks might be curious about it, and it's it's here. So let's let's hear what that sounds like. It's a minute long. So we see uh, some people here. They fire in the fireworks. All right, the fireworks are going in the air. We see some smoke, and then they're coming down. And oop, oh, it kind of hit the cameraman or the camera person. And now they're like up. Oh, it's a bit wobbly and let's see they have uh some words here i know this is not the most important thing that's happening in the world but if you can't laugh at dumb cis people then you know gotta gotta give us something to do right it's gotta give us some kind of break and it says here the couple lit the explosives atop a flimsy clothes drying rack about 50 feet from friends and family. But when one of the fireworks fell onto the lawn, it sent people running for their lives. Wow. There's more footage of it. No children were injured, but a few adults suffered minor burns. it says good luck being parents (laughs) all right i just yeah just needed to share that in may a baseball themed gender oh that's already there's already so many things that are wrong with all of this in may a baseball themed gender reveal went terribly wrong when the expectant mom pitched a blue powder filled baseball toward the father-to-be but missed and hit grandpa in the face In June, an expectant father in New Jersey broke his ankle when he kicked a football that exploded with pink powder to reveal he and his wife were having a girl. They have a video for this as well. I I can't watch it. Things got really trashy in Texas this spring when a gender reveal party littered up a park and then blamed the wind for the mess. Oh, you wind. so angry at you, wind. Ugh. Police in Australia are investigating two incidents of gender reveal burnouts or spinning a car's wheels to create smoke in the color pink or blue that threatened public safety, one in May and the other in October. The latest captured on video left smoke, burning rubber and flames in its wake. And they also have a video of that, which I'm not going to watch. Of course, some gender reveals are dangerous, but don't end with damage. One family in Louisiana celebrated their gender reveal by hand-feeding an alligator a watermelon full of blue jello. It's moments like this that I wish there was a video camera in the station so you could get my expression to fully just grasp how I feel about, about these people. They have a video of this one as well. As I see the, the still frame is people gathered around an alligator. Late last month, a Virginia trans student was left in the hallway during an active shooter drill while students were put in sex-segregated locker rooms and staff debated where to place her. In November, Massachusetts—okay, so this already happened—so uh, thankfully folks voted um, on the referendum on trans rights, and so which will keep public accommodations, protections for trans folks— Including bathroom and locker room protections. So again, if you want to read this article and watch any of the videos, it's at Into More, and it's written by Kate Sosin, and that's S O S I N. So, it's just <laughs> uh, I I appreciate that I really do. And hats off! I know a lot of folks raising kiddos, uh, many folks who are raising their kids in a non uh, non-binary way. Um, they're using they pronouns. Uh, I really I think that's awesome. I know plenty of folks who have chosen specifically neutral gender neutral names. And I think that's really awesome. So it's not easy to raise a kid in this world. And the, the least you can do is at least give them the option to decide who they are. We should do that for everyone. So that's pretty awesome. Um, also I'll start off with another, I'll continue on with another positive news article that's maybe happened once in this show in the past. It happens sometimes. And again, I guess a lot of the times these positive news articles are really when, uh, we prevent something bad from happening or something that was bad happened is no longer happening or protections are put in place for people that should be there, should have always been there. So I recognize that. Um, and it's really important to celebrate these things. Uh, cause a lot of folks put a lot of work and time and energy into, into this. And it's, it should be noted too, that as horrifying as a lot of things are right now, there's also good things that are happening. It's important to, to think about. I was going to say something else and I don't know what that is. So, oh yeah. Originally when I started the show, we did a lot of articles. I read a lot of articles about different states, um, that were either decriminalizing, or legalizing uh, medical or recreational marijuana. And don't talk about that so much anymore. Part- partially, I just don't necessarily engage in it with it anymore. Um, I too of course think it should totally be totally, completely legal. And the first thing that should be done is that everyone who's been incarcerated for it should be get out of jail and they should also get reparations for that for the time they've spent. Ugh. <sighs> So that was one thing where it's like, oh, great. Now this, this state has legalized it or decriminalized it. And again, it's, it's a positive story. And it's also like, why was it illegal in the first place? And we can all look at the history of that, where it's locking folks up, especially uh, people of color in this country. <sighs> okay. That's, that's history. That's history in this country. And I, I wish it was taught more. Okay. Hmm. <sighs> Difficulty with segues here. All right. Next up, an article. It's uh, europeaninterest.eu. I haven't been to this website before. However, uh, Interact, which is uh, an intersex organization, uh, helps with a fight for intersex rights, uh, posted this recently. And I was like, yes, good news. So this came out November 27th, 2018. Um, MEPs call for full protection of intersex people's rights. And this is by European Interest, I guess, is the name of the site and they have uh, written the story and there's a photo with a lot of folks holding signs to protect intersex children and the the oh the or the flag sign uh the flag uh, group photo for the intersex awareness day october 26 2018 at ilga conference in brussels civil liberties MEPs urge the European Commission and member states to put measures forward for protecting and promoting the rights of intersex people in the EU. They denounce that intersex children still face human rights violations and genital mutilations in the EU and that intersex variations continue to be treated as diseases, despite the lack of evidence supporting the success of medical treatments in the long term. They also demand more flexibility in birth registration procedures and facilitating the change of names on identity cards. Intersex individuals are born with physical sex characteristics that do not fit medical or social norms for female or male bodies. These variations may manifest in primary characteristics such as the inner and outer genitalia, the chromosomal and hormonal structure, and or secondary characteristics such as muscle mass, hair distribution, and stature. And there's a whole There's, this is just the, there's a whole, I mean, we're humans, they're scientific, there's a whole, it's to even condense it in that way. It feels like it's, there's a lot more to say about it. I'll, 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 that's my interjection. In a resolution adopted with 30 votes to 7, the committee stressed that intersexuality should no longer be dealt with as a pathology and called on member states to pursue the removal of the category of gender incongruence in childhood in the International Classification of Diseases of the World Health Organization. MEPs condemn the high prevalence of sex-normalizing treatments, the fact that they even call it that, it's just, ugh, normalizing, Um, treatments and surgery, despite not being medically necessary in most of the cases, and encourage EU countries to follow the example of those, such as Portugal and Malta, where these surgical procedures are banned. The text denounces that surgeries are often performed on intersex children without their prior personal full and informed consent and underlines that genital mutilations can cause lifelong consequences such as psychological trauma and physical impairments. The resolution underlines the importance of flexible birth registration procedures for intersex children. It points to legislation already in place in some member states that allows gender recognition based on self-determination and encourages other countries to adopt similar rules, including flexible procedures to change gender markers and names on identity documents, including the possibility of gender-neutral names. MEPs call on the European Commission and member states to increase their support including financial aid to organizations fighting the stigmatization of intersex people. They also demand the commission to make sure that EU funds do not support research or medical projects that further contribute to human rights violations of intersex people. The draft resolution notes that gender recognition based on self-determination is only possible in six EU countries, while many member states require sterilization to allow legal gender recognition and will be put to a vote by the full house during the January plenary session in Strasbourg, following a debate with council and commission representatives hope that goes well and it's also just so fucking bizarre that we live in a world where some people say that they have control or say over someone else's bodies and folks need to advocate for that it's just oh well glad it's a step forward and that 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 is happening okay i think it's time for a music break it's almost 1230 we're going to continue playing um Tracks from and validations Volume Two. Let's pick up where we left off. And here we go.
1: Check out the song. Half a song. Check out the song. Half a song. Check out the song. Half a song. Check out the song. I'm a black. Look at me. Look at me. Here it is. Here it is. I have learned from Hayward's boyfriend. Play on your PD just get that money. Ha! I'm the black cripple. You know me, lady, by pop, my pop, pop, pop. I'm the L Mitchell I'm an open door in the black community. Cup in hand, leaning against the wall. I have surprises, don't want to understand. Ha! I'm the black cripple. The Black football Gave my bike to the US Army.
2: Got shot by the LAD. But he can't get rid of me.
1: Mainstream's me to get too angry. My own people don't even notice me. Look at me, look at me. I'm... Oh, 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 oh. Check out the... Uh, uh. i spoke spoken words you can't handle. you become too radical. Black sisters don't know what they are missing. My black body is always black. My masturbation, but you can't deal with the situation. Educate and motivate. Now people are intimidated. An incarcerated black cripple, locked down, locked out, walking on death row. The state has lost my file. S S I S S D I N G A. In my pocket is what? Is Uncle Sam's dirty hands? Feel the weed from the root. Because I want to eat you up like forbidden fruit. Plus, that carry drink the juice. Being disabled. Wow. I'm of sin. Let me go all the way. we take over the pain. Because wow. he is being released by the skin. Leaving wow. certain wow. things that I thought so- was dead. Jesus, get out of my head. Cause oh, I'm ready to go, hey. Cause I'm ready to go, hey. Cause I'm ready to go, hey. give me strength.
2: Oh, I'm my goodness.
3: Strength.
1: Oh, come on, give me strength. Oh, come my
4: goodness.
1: Oh, oh. my oh. me I'm in the glory you. Talking to my own oh. people. see you that I want to join. Take all this white power. I'm happy, man. Please, bring me back. Thanks. So I need the gift. Come on, give me strength. Oh my goodness. Come on, give me strength. Oh my goodness. It ain't a question of pleasing me. It's more a question of what's. Um, of what's
2: morally right.
4: I do know my Bible, sir. Oh, my On the goodness. night of their betrothal, oh. the wife shall open to the man as the furrow to the plow, and he shall work in her in and again till she bring him to his fall, and rest him then upon the sweat of her breast.
0: Whoa. Good Bible all right and welcome back to the weekly review again that's jklm invalidations volume two and you can find that album at jubakalamka.bandcamp.com so we've seen a resurgence in fascism uh, around the world and we can perhaps get lessons from history about how to stop it and how folks can fight back i'm using my eyebrows i was at a, a workshop the other day and it was voice it was for voice acting and uh, I got a comment that my eyebrows were very expressive and uh, aware of that, and I'm sure that's happening right now uh wanted to i think it's really crucial also yes to understand history where we came from et cetera, et cetera so working class history which is they have a website and a page it's also on facebook, they have updates uh pretty much every day of, of history of what's things that are not taught in school, things that we don't, like a lot of us, I'm only speaking for myself, but I didn't know about a lot of this. And I'm always grateful to hear more from history, especially from a working class perspective. And so they posted this, whoop, they posted this recently. They have a photo and uh, from November 28th, Uh, On this day, November 28th, 1919, Faye Schulman, photographer and Jewish resistance partisan, was born in Lenin, Poland, which is now Belarus, in 1942. The Nazis murdered 1,850 Jews in the Lenin ghetto, leaving only Faye and 25 others alive, making Faye take and develop photos of the massacre. Covertly, she made copies of the photographs for herself. She soon fled and joined the excuse me um partisan resistance serving as a fighter and nurse while on a raid in lenin she and well on a raid in lenin with her unit faye managed to retrieve her camera equipment and then began documenting the resistance movement developing her photos under blankets i want people to know that there was resistance jews did not go like sheep to the slaughter i was a photographer i have pictures i have proof Faith survived the war and currently lives in Canada. For more of the updates, you can check out Instagram.com forward slash working class history. And our friend Gareth posted this video, which I hadn't seen, it was an interview with Faith Schulman. It's on Vimeo, and so we're gonna play this and just uh, note, it's a lot of graphic, just descriptions of of war, so, uh, and violence. So, Yes. that's uh, We're going to play this. And again, you can find it on Vimeo. It's War Story, Faye Schulman.
5: I was afraid of a rifle even. I remember when a Polish officer came to our house to take some pictures and he left the rifle in the corner. My mother used to say, don't go to this room. There is a rifle. It might fire. Now the rifle is my pillow. And, and I had to learn how to take apart, because it would rust. So it has to be, at night it gets damp, it gets, it would get roasted. And so every morning I had to take apart the rifle and to clean it and to make it dry. So I now the rifle is my whole life. It changed. This is the first picture that I took when I joined the partisans. I am here. This is me. And um and I'm the only girl here. They had huge barracks. So all five thousand were taken away into the barracks, surrounded with around the barrack with heavy artillery, and, and they put the barrack on fire. And all non Jewish population, whoever was was uh, different religions, mostly mostly Belarus, um, and they uh, put the barack on fire and they burned them alive, 5,000 people. This is the actual grave where my family was killed and all the people, the Jewish people from our town were killed. The Nazis took the pictures and they gave me the film to develop. And I recognized those when they killed the people, when they liquidated the ghetto and they killed the people in our town in three long trenches. And my family is here, my mother, my father, my sister with two children, my other sister with her husband, and two brothers. I saw who died last was a little girl that was my next door neighbor house also, All A few houses were close to each other, and Hannah Shub was her name. I still remember her name. And she was so beautiful. Whenever I have seen Elizabeth Taylor, I was thinking about Hannah Shub. You see, I I remember her name because whenever I saw Elizabeth Taylor, then her name came up to me. And after 70 years, that's why maybe I remember still her name. She Mm -hmm. was so beautiful. She She was shot in the last transport. It was a shock. It was a shock. This is it. I say to myself, here, I have it. I have it. So that's why I have the picture, because it was so close to me, so dear to me, that I had to hide this. When I developed, I made an extra copy for myself. So I will have a a document. I will have something for me to see. I didn't think that I will have to show to other people what happened at that time. I just was crying and I I lost my family. I'm alone, I'm a young girl, what shall I do now? Where shall I go, what shall I do? Two babies, they took two babies to have fun, walked in in the backyard, three of them, three Nazis. I have seen and with my own eyes. They tore the babies apart. An arm, wrote, uh, an arm, a leg, or what the head, and they threw high in the in the air, and another Nazi was aiming to get the part, if he will get it. Is this a way? Uh, is this humane? Babies, and my family is already killed, and I am alive, and I wanted to live. So, how, in order to live, I have to help the army, I have to help the soldiers, I have to be a soldier. I had an order with another guy, a partisan, to go to a special place, to another, another um, um, group, to deliver some messages. It started to rain when I left, and it was pouring, and before we left, My commandeer said, it's safer to to take a little boat and to go to the other place by boat because very close around um, are all the Nazis and we might be attacked or we might meet uh, an ambush so it would be safer in in a boat. And we came, we made it, we came to the right place and we had to go out from the boat. So he says to me, You know what, Faye, I will go out first, and I'll pull in the little boat so you won't have to go uh, into the water up to your waist. He was a nice guy, so I said, okay, whatever he said, okay. I'm dripping with water anyways, I'm wet anyways. So so he walks out first, and as soon as he walks on the ground, he steps on a mine, and the mine exploded, and he was torn to pieces i couldn't find his body and i was left alone now in the woods nobody around all all by myself surrounded with nazis all over by the way i was told that uh, if you want to sneeze and you are close to the nazis so the partisans stitched me what to do, and if you will sneeze loud, they can hear you, and they will know where you are because we were we were maybe a, only a few feet away. So try, rub your nose, and you won't sneeze loud. You will only sneeze quietly.
0: All right. So that was war story. Faye Schulman, and you can find that on Vimeo. <sighs> oh, and that brings me to the next uh, piece. I'm going to read, uh, which is a, uh, section, an excerpt from, a fra- from fascism in a pinstripe suit by Michael P- Parenti, the concentration camp was never the normal condition for the average Gentile German, unless one were Jewish or poor and unemployed or of active leftist persuasion or otherwise openly anti-Nazi, and I'm also going to add in uh, disabled, uh, Germany from 1933 until well into the war was not a nightmarish place. All the, I'm also going to add in queer because I don't see that there. uh, All the good, quote unquote, good Germans had to do was obey the law, pay their taxes, give their sons to the army, avoid any sign of political heterodoxy, and look the other way when unions were busted and troublesome people disappeared. Since many middle Americans already obey the law, pay their taxes, give their sons to the army, are themselves distrustful of political heterodoxy, and applaud when unions are broken and troublesome people are disposed of, they probably could live without too much personal torment in a fascist state. Some of them certainly seem eager to do so. And again, that's a... from Michael Parenti, Fascism in a Pinstripe Suit. And it's I mean, we're we're really seeing it firsthand, what's happening with the uh, the families being torn apart, the folks in their so called camps, people who are incarcerated. Also something we haven't haven't spoken about recently on the show that I can remember is that the, a lot of the activists in Ferguson have been, are being killed and they're, they're dying under, they say mysterious circumstances, but we all know that if you, it's, that's not likely. So I will get to that. I mean, I wasn't, um, I hadn't pulled that up just yet. So I want to make sure I get to that. And since I'm talking about it now, I want to make sure that it's, coming up next. There's a few more pieces we'll get to, and then we'll have another music break. Uh, So thanks again for folks listening to Mutiny Radio. There are plenty of shows here every day of the week. If you're interested in having a show here of your own, you can do so. Check out mutinyradio.fm. Find uh, open slots that are available. And... Check in with us. So this is articles from the root. I've seen a few other articles posted. This is the first one that came up. Ferguson activist uh, Bassem Masri dies. His commitment was unwavering, and this was written on Wednesday by Anne Brannigan. Activists and members of the media are posting tributes to Bassem Masri, a Muslim Palestinian American civil rights advocate and Ferguson, Missouri activist, whose death was announced on Tuesday. Uh, Masri, who live-streamed the 2014 protests in Ferguson following the death of teenager Michael Brown, was remembered as a passionate, committed soldier in the fight for social justice. With his death, Masri is the fourth Ferguson activist in as many years to pass away. Masri's family shared the news of his passing on Facebook Tuesday. A gentleman who was fierce when he faced injustice... Faizan Syed wrote of Masri, who he credited with helping to unite the fight for black liberation and Palestinian liberation. We ask everyone to pray and make dua for Bassem and his family. May Allah accept his sacrifices for justice and overlook his flaws and mistakes, Syed added. The, the causes and circumstances of Masri's death are still unknown. Tributes to Masri poured in from people who worked within or covered the Ferguson uprising, which protested, Police brutality in the St. Louis area after Michael Brown was shot and killed by police officer Darren Wilson. Bosri would livestream the protest in and around Ferguson and St. Louis. People who knew him described Bosri as being an essential fearless voice in the movement. And they the article contains uh several quotes from people, several uh posts. Uh, three other Ferguson activists have died since the protests, including Edward Crawford and DeAndre Joshua, whose deaths were both ruled suicides. In 2016, Darren Seals was found dead in a burning car, six gunshot wounds riddling his body. His murder is still unsolved. In addition, Donye Jones, the son of activist Melissa McKinney's, was found dead hanging from a makeshift noose in October. When police considered Jones's death. Uh, while while police consider Jones's death a suicide, McKinney says her son was lynched. Before passing, Masri had his sights set on political office. Just three months ago, he wrote on Facebook that he intended to run for Missouri state representative in 2020. My allegiance is not for sale, Masri wrote, adding that it was a time for a new chapter in Missouri politics. I would like to help out the other state representatives that work, that work tirelessly to get justice for the voiceless. Memorial services for Masri are scheduled to be held, and that's I believe was the it says today, according to the family, and since this article um was posted uh so this was past Wednesday. <sighs> so I'm wanting to to share that. <sighs> Let's take another music break and then I've got a lot more news and articles to share. There's, and the list goes on and on, there's difficult to get everything into two hours. So that we'll do our best. And uh, so the song is called If Only Jeremy
1: is labeled or stigmatized by another group that has the actual power to enforce that stigma upon you. Um, the dangers are, are far reaching. As an African American male, you know one incident with the cop. Yes, the cop actually so juices to handcuff you and take it to that next level. Because harassing you is one thing. Putting handcuffs on you and throwing you in the back of the car is something else. Peeping you in the car, beating your ass, and then taking you to the station. If only if. If only if. If only if, Jeremy. Jeremy, let's talk. It's okay, you can't walk. Hear me, let's talk. It's okay, you can't walk, let's go deeper, oh no police watching us like a hawk, you got the will, you got the cane, you and I let them talk, put your man to the side, you and I is gonna dry, before we go out If only if... If only if Jerry... Yeah. It's okay you can't walk. Jeremy and let's talk. It's okay you can't walk. But there have to be some sort of changes when it comes to police officers handling
6: people with mental disabilities. The first instinct cannot always be, and should not always be,
1: to shoot, to kill,
6: it's insanity.
1: If we had that man to man call, could that have stopped that neighbor from making that call? I gotta go make sure I'm not too late to prevent another black disabled man taking a deadly fall. If only if, Jeremy. If only if. If only if.
0: Welcome back to the review. That was the song. If only Jeremy from JKLM's invalidations volume two, which again, you can find at jubakalamka.bandcamp.com. Got a lot more stories for everyone. Hope you're having a good time listening. I don't know if it's be, I don't know. I can't. Say. It's well with information, we can create solutions and work together. It's also really cool just to understand what's happening in the world. A lot of, I mean, a lot of this I'm learning as I read it, and uh, it kind of forces me just to grapple with what's happening, and also just think about what's happening in so many places and connect the dots and to uh, understand what's happening simultaneously. So, there was the the really big uh, general prison strike that happened it was in September, August and September, which feels like a very long time ago. And a great place to support and to find about ways to support folks who are incarcerated is the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. And if you go to incarceratedworkers.org, they have a lot of information there, different local chapters, campaigns that are happening, news, resources, as well as phone apps. Phone apps are a great way. You call up prisons, you'd be like, why are you such a dick? Well, you don't, that's, okay, that's an exaggerate. That's, you could say that, Not, no one's stopping you. Um, oftentimes you say, hey, why are you mistreating these prisoners or why aren't you allowing them to get books or food or see people that they love. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are wrong with prisons. Most things are, I mean, it's anyway, they also can provide scripts. So you don't necessarily go off the cuff like me. Although if that's what you do, that's, I'm not here to judge and there's ways to get involved. You can also donate. So yes, incarcerated And so it was a really great resource. It is a great resource. And I was checking in a lot as far as the strike was going to find ways just to support, um, them and uh, share news of what was happening. And so this article came out uh, earlier this week on November 28th. Um, women declare hunger strike in UK immigration prison. Release us and close this place down. Over 40 women in Jarls? Yarlswood Immigration Removal Center have gone on hunger strike protesting against a charter flight tonight that will take traumatized women back to Nigeria. This is for immediate release. Women on hunger strike in Yarlswood, release us and close this place down. Over 40 women in Yarlswood Immigration Removal Centre have gone on hunger strike protesting against a charter flight tonight that will take that will take traumatized women back to Nigeria. Women from many different countries including Bolivia, China, Ghana, Malawi, uh, Mauritius, Nigeria, Romania, South Africa, Tanzania Venezuela and Zambia have come together to take this action. A case currently in court of people known as the Stansted 15 who blocked a charter flight from taking off in on March 28, 2017 has brought to light this the terrible brutality of these pre-booked flights. People are scooped up sometimes regardless of the status of their legal case and forced onto planes to fill seats. <sighs> One of the women in the All-African Women's Group, a self-help group of women asylum seekers and refugees, was on the flight that was stopped by the Stansted 15 uh, last March. She says, I've lived in Britain for almost 30 years and have indefinite leave to remain, yet I have taken, yet I was taken from my home to Yarlswood and put on a flight within six days despite my lawyer's protests to the home office. I was so, so thankful to the young people for stopping this flight. They saved mine and other people's lives." Women in Yarlswood are also protesting appalling conditions inside. A dossier by Black Women's Rape Action Project, BWRAP, and Women Against Rape documented a decade of rape and sexual abuse by guards, much of which was covered up by Serco, the multinational company, which was granted a £70 million contract to run the center. Christine Case died there in 2014 due to lack of medical care. Fidelia from Bolivia spoke to BWRAP, which is coordinating support for the hunger strikers, saying that she is severely distressed at being detained. I came to the UK for safety as my life was threatened by drug gangs after I spoke out. I've been in the UK for over 11 years. I'm a cancer survivor and I need to see a specialist, but all I've been given is paracetamol. I've been held here for seven months for no reason. Another woman commented, we haven't had the chance to have a proper legal process. The Home Office has been refusing evidence and documents and want to send us back without even looking at our cases. Being here is mentally disturbing. Everyone is damaged physically and emotionally. The chief inspector of prisons condemned Yarlswood as a place of national concern. Women inside Yarlswood are demanding an end to charter flights, the closure of detention centers, the reinstatement of legal aid for immigration cases, an end to mothers being separated from their children by detention, and for rape and sexual abuse to be recognized as torture and therefore grounds for asylum. Uh, women who are available for interviews, please call Crystal, and the phone number they have is 07456. 525-227 and you can also contact the Black Women's Rape Action Project at Crossroads Women's Center which is at 25 Woolsey Muse in London Northwest 5 2DX and the phone number is 020 7482 2496 and on Twitter at BWRAP1 and you can find this article at incarceratedworkers.org oh, gosh okay I, it's difficult to do a a radio show and want to take moments of silence all the fucking time. I will take a sip of water, and we do moments of silence here. I'm not against that at all. Silence is <sighs> sometimes it's needed. All right. And I'm not sure how the next few stories are gonna uh, sync up, but I mean, it's uh, it's all, I guess, somewhat connected because it's all about speaking truth to power. So, I uh, just received an email as I was doing this show, 20 minutes ago, from Fight for the Future. It's another org- There's a lot of organizations out there. Fight for the Future is one of them. I happen to be on their mailing list and haven't unsubscribed yet. There's a lot of I get a lot of emails from a lot of different orgs. I've been member a bit, you know, subscribed for such a long time. And it's like, oh, just different, different orgs. And there's a lot of folks doing work, et etc. Et so there's a lot going on. There's petitions you can sign. There's just I highly believe in diversity of tactics, a lot of things to do. Uh, signing petition feels to me like it's a very, it's just requires an internet. Well, if you do it in person, that's one thing. If you have an internet connection, it requires very little time. And, you know, spread the word and also just a way of spreading the word. And it's, I think even more so than the actual petition itself. It's acknowledging what's happening and saying that you're opposed to it. And how does that uh, inform your conversations with people? How does that inform how you interact in the world? It's a really easy to talk the talk, but how do we walk the walk? That's something I think about all the time. I can have certain politics in my mind, certain ways I want the world to be. However, if I'm not really acting uh, as I believe or treating people as I believe, or working to deconstruct these systems, that I want to have deconstructed, then uh, it's not uh, it's not that impactful. So thinking about that on a on a daily basis, how do we learn from our mistakes? How do we get better? And how do we really enact and become the people that we want to be around in the the world that we want to be in? Okay, the espionage is back. That's a happy. That's my happy voice. So it's not it's not a good thing at all. But I read it with a happy voice because uh, I gotta spoonful of sugar helps uh the fascism that's coming into our lives it helps us understand what's happening and how do we go against it okay from fight for the future they say roman because they personalized their emails thanks uh did you hear about this uh the u.s secretly oh yeah i did hear about this Well, okay the u.s government secretly filed charges against wikileaks publisher julian assange the details aren't clear yet but it seems likely that they plan to charge him under the Espionage Act. Let's be real. There are plenty of good reasons to be highly critical of Julian Assange. I agree. But charging him under the Espionage Act specifically for the act of publishing leaked documents poses a major threat to press freedom. From a legal perspective, WikiLeaks is a publisher no different than The New York Times, The Washington Post, or The Intercept. If the U.S. government successfully prosecutes Assange for publishing leaked government information, this would set a dangerous precedent, threatening the fundamental rights that make it possible for journalists to do their jobs. Both Democratic and Republican administrations have used the Espionage Act to target whistleblowers in the past. If they use it in this case, it will endanger not just those who expose government secrets, but the journalists who report on them. Lots of people loathe Julian Assange, and there are plenty of good reasons for that, but this isn't about him. If there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that we desperately need more transparency to hold powerful institutions to account, not less we're not asking you to defend Julian Assange or WikiLeaks. We're asking you to show up for press freedoms that are fundamental to a free and open society. And they have a link to the petition that you can sign, which I've signed. I think I shared it on Twitter. You can also follow me on Twitter. I don't have very many followers uh, at R O M A N R I M E R. Follow me on there. And I've signed this. I think I shared this on Twitter. I'll share it right now on Facebook. And so, folks, if you're following us on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. It's called The Weekly Review on Mutiny Radio is now the the name of it, the page. So it would be easier to distinguish because there's a few other weekly reviews out there. We share a lot of news articles on there. I don't get to all of them on the show. And uh, so if you miss some or if there's other, if you would like to learn more, check it out. All right. So that's that. Got that one. All right. Next up. All right. We've got a lot going on here from the San Francisco examiner Friday, November 30th. That's today. Um, but this article came out yesterday on November 29th, written by Michael Torin. protesters call for public takeover of PG and E shut down CPUC meeting protesters calling for the public takeover of PG and E shut down a California public utilities commission meeting in San Francisco Thursday morning in an act of civil disobedience. Following the public comment portion of the meeting, at which a dozen or so protesters spoke about PG&E's safety record and its role in wildfires in 2017 and 2018, demonstrators began loudly chanting and holding up a banner to prevent the meeting from continuing. California Highway Patrol officers (sighs) escorted several protesters from the auditorium. One person had to be dragged from the room, although no arrests were made. They have... Uh, photo here. At least one protester was dragged out of the room, and they have the person who is sitting on the ground. Uh, we need the public to be in control of the utilities, not these profiteers who don't give a damn about the people they're killing in California. Steve uh, Zeltzer of United Public Workers for Action said during public comment, "We have a phone call, so we're going to take that." Mutiny Radio. Hello? Hello there.
2: Uh, is Common Thread on today?
0: It is. It's happening from 3 to 6 p.m. today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yes, uh, following this show, Women's Magazine with Global Val at 2 p.m., and then Common Thread Collective from 3 to 6 p.m. They've been doing it the show now um, for a very long time, years and years before I got here. Um, I think back during the Pirate Cat days they started. And they've been on Fridays. They've been taking every other week-ish off. And so they will be there today, here today. So come by the station. Also, the station's a great place to come hang out. Uh, we're on the corner of 21st and Florida. And Common Thread Collective is a really great place where you can share your music, your poetry, spoken word, talk about politics, whatever's going on. Uh, a lot of great folks coming through. It's always a good time. Music, did I mention music? Music's like a main thing that happens. It's really great. It's, uh, I feel like one of the few, as sm- more and more smaller Art space, spaces and individual small businesses get closed down, especially art spaces. It's really crucial to keep spaces like this open where folks can just come in. You don't have to pay anything. You just come in and you can share your art. That's pretty beautiful. All right. Excuse me. All right. Uh, I'm burping. That's what I'm sharing with the crowd. Excuse me. Okay, moving along with the article here and... Uh, we'll say, since we are talking about Mutiny Radio, if you'd like to support the station, please do. Uh, MutinyRadio.fm. That's how we stay open. We have rent here, so uh, all the, fo- the all the shows here we contribute. There's some um, open mics. There's a lot of different shows here that folks can listen to. Labor and Love is uh, a great one that folks can check out. A lot of great ones. Check out our station page, MutinyRadio.fm. Also, if you'd like to support the show individually, that would be super awesome. I pay dues every month for the space. I've been doing that for almost five years. I started in December of 2013. Oof. So, uh, it is for me, I do it cause I really believe in getting a narrative out there. That's not, I mean, there are definitely a lot of ind- independent folks who are getting this narrative out there. And I feel like the more of us there are, that can cover more and more things and amplifies each other's voices, the better we can be. So I really just do this cause I feel like it's absolutely necessary. And if you're able to help out with the dudes, um, that would be really awesome. Greatly appreciated uh yeah anywhere from a dollar a month you can do at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev big thank you to all the folks who already donate on a monthly basis if you want to do a one-time thing you can also feel free to drop me a line i'd also greatly appreciate that as well and i also just want to make sure that this is accessible for as many people as possible which is why we have it um on the it's online free folks can listen it's also on itunes eventually we'll get it on stitcher that's really up to me to get it i need to get on that. Um, I'd be great if I could hire someone to help out with it. I also would like to be able to get transcripts of shows. Um, we go back, you know, years and years and years, I think back to 2015, at least are online right now, but uh, we do have ones from at least, uh, most of the year prior. And I also would like to get, uh, translations of them. So there's a lot I have in my mind. I'm putting it out there. I haven't made <laughs> much of a movement on it. But I am putting the word out there. Folks would like to help. Like, and also, if we can raise enough funds, um, we can hire someone to help with that. And that would be super great. I would love to be able to do that. So putting it out there. Help out if you can. Spread the word, et cetera. I know there's so many organizations to support. So there's there's a lot going on. So, uh, yes. Moving along, we're going to continue this article. And then we'll take another music break. This uh, Continuing from the Examiner From the 29th of November, we need the – talking about PG&E here – we need the public to be in control of the utilities, not these profiteers who don't give a damn about the people they're killing in California. Steve Zeltzer of United Public Workers for Action said during the public comment, utility executives should be in jail for what they've done. They've lied to the people of California, and they continue to kill people. Another speaker pointed out that the 2016 Ghost Ship Fire, the deadliest fire in Oakland's history, killing 36 people, resulted in criminal prosecutions, but many more people have died in wildfires in recent years. Cal Fire investigations of the deadly fires that devastated towns in Northern California in 2017 found that 16 were caused by PG&E's equipment and transmission lines. The cause of other lines in the region, including the most recent Tubbs fire in Santa Rosa, have not yet been determined, although many speculate PG&E is to blame there too. PG&E was found responsible for the 2010 natural gas pipeline explosion in San Bruno that killed eight people and injured many more. People across Northern California were forced to endure smoke from the fire for two weeks, said Esther Goolsby, an organizer for Communities for a better environment, particularly vulnerable were black, brown, and low-income communities who faced the brunt of the Bay Area's pollution every day. After the meeting resumed, CPUC ordered PG&E to implement safety recommendations outlined in a report from the agency's Safety and Enforcement Division. The CPUC initiated this proceeding after the pipeline explosion in San Bruno occurred to determine whether PG&E had an adequate, has an adequate safety culture, said CPUC President Michael Picker. Sadly, the events of September 9th, 2010, continue to echo today. Picker said PG&E did not appear to have a clear vision for safety. He said he would open a new phase in in this proceeding to examine their corporate governance and to determine the best path forward for Northern California to receive safe electrical and natural gas service. In a written statement, PGE said it agrees with all of the safety recommendations. We've implemented the majority of the recommendations already and are on the track to implement many more within the next year, pg spokesperson Jennifer Robeson said. And then they have another photo of police behind someone. Looks like they're going to handcuff them. And that was also from the the meeting. And again you can find this article at the Examiner, San Francisco Examiner. And again it came out yesterday on the 29th written by Michael Torin. Alright. I think I said that there was time for a musical break. Did I? I must have. So let's let's do that. Let's do a music break. And uh we'll be back with some some more news after that. Thank you so much for listening in.
2: From a slave father, not grandfather, a slave father, born in eastern North Carolina in 1843, escaped from slavery in 1858, a contemporary co-fighter with Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman, John Brown, Sojourner Truth, and William Lloyd Garrison for the freedom, not only of the Negro people, but of millions of white workers caught in the same serfdom as their black brothers and sisters. So our brothers and sisters from Mexico, the Philippines, from the lands of Asia, from the West Indies, from Latin America, have come to these shores to share the same faith. And all through our history, the working masses, colored and white, speaking many languages, representatives of the finest, Of the old and new world cultures have had to fight every step of the way for a decent wage, for decent homes, for decent education for their children, for human dignity itself.
1: All right. I guess Ace, we should.
4: Muy buenas tardes a todos. Mi nombre es eh, Somos eh, representantes right, de los un migrantes. Que están Benito, Uncle Leroy really wants his audio. Eh, but I want de to ask. A, do you story about Uncle, Uncle Leroy? and the press Y también vamos a exponer eh, los puntos que queremos eh, que se tomen en cuenta, tanto como de seguridad y de protección y de información. Bueno, y para eso están aquí nuestros compañeros que son representantes no son líderes, no son coordinadores, no son organizadores, simplemente son los voceros de todo el éxodo migrante.
6: Bueno, tengan muy buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Claudia Miranda Hondureña. El motivo de pertenecer a la caravana Exodo es por la represión que tenemos en Honduras. Yo soy una campesina.
0: Ah, <coughs> oh, there. Uh welcome back. This is Roman here. Uh please do pardon the pause here. We're playing a video uh from the migrant accidents press conference in Tijuana. Uh and this was, I believe, from yesterday. I want to make sure I've got the correct info here. Uh it's posted by Jesse Sandoval, originally uh Matt Ginsburg uh Jackal. Looks like this is the name. J A E C K L E. And it's in Spanish and they have English subtitles. And so I'm gonna most likely, just rewind to the beginning, and I'll be speaking, uh, my apologies, Over, the, I'll, speak, I'll speak the English subtitles, um, so folks uh, under, uh, so folks who speak English uh, will also understand what's happening. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. Okay, that's what we're doing here. They have to make an executive decision. Uh, so, yes. And again, this is posted, we just posted it on the Weekly Review website as well, I believe, facebook.com forward slash Weekly Rev, if you would like to watch it yourself. All right. So, uh, this is again the Central American Exodus press conference. Uh, this is from the twenty eighth in Tijuana. A Good
4: todos. afternoon, everyone. My uh, name my is name David, David Vasquez. Uh, somos we are
0: representatives uh, from the migrants.
4: You are at
0: Stadium in Tijuana. Uh, we are opening this press con conference,
4: <laughs> where we ourselves <laughs> the migrants will share the reality that we are living acá, through here, exponer, uh, and
0: the points we would like to hear
4: <laughs> about safety,
0: protection and information. information. That's why. That's why my sisters and brothers are here as
4: representatives. They aren't
0: leaders or coordinators or organizers. They are spokespeople of all
4: migrant groups. Good afternoon. My name is Maria
0: Miranda, and I am Honduran.
6: The reason I am here is the slash exodus. It's because of the repression
0: we have in Honduras. Honduras. Yo soy una I am a campesina,
6: Parte de, de de a,
0: grupo cam- I believe it said rural worker, I want to make sure por I la
6: that. Que en Yo soy una uh, Yes, rural
0: worker which is campesina.
6: Parte I am part de, de of de a, a group Honduras in Honduras, donde,
0: out of necessity we decided to occupy y some, y
6: some y land. <laughs> de entrar a un terreno y tal vez así to to for de, it instalar las familias que no podemos tener acceso a compra de terrenos por la corrupción, por la violencia. Sin embargo, es sido es también por defender
0: also for nuestros derechos que se nos fueron las
6: votaciones. Estamos aquí,
0: no porque nos
6: gusta. Game. Ha sido un camino
0: terrible. terrible no queremos journey. actuar
6: como estamos actuando por la desesperación y no queremos regresar we a nuestros países to your porque si regresamos somos personas we
0: return, muertas, tenemos familia, necesitamos
6: seguridad. Necesitamos también que nos traten como personas. No somos delincuentes. Somos personas que queremos seguridad. We're y por who eso, eso hemos venido desde <laughs> de nuestros why países. Why porque
0: allá because no podemos hablar defender ni defender nuestros derechos porque ya amanecemos en una bolsa negra. Y es por eso que hemos venido. nosotros lo que este que está solicitando que se de two for United States President President
3: 45. We ask for a more efficient asylum process, since
4: everyone has a right to ask for political asylum.
0: 3. We also ask for the formation of a commission by the incoming Mexican government to negotiate a permanent solution for those who want to stay here. 4. Make public the names of those deported because they're deported and their families here don't hear anything or know what happened. 5. For there to always be human rights presence during all detentions to protect migrants' rights.
3: Good Good afternoon, afternoon. my name is Myrna.
0: My life may be at risk because I speak
3: the truth about what is happening in my country. There have been many deaths. We didn't elect a president in our country. I always said it, it and man, if I die for it God bless at no moment yo have el, I elected el, him
0: as a citizen I never voted for him the majority la
3: mayoría, nadie, nobody la mayoría, the majority no don't lo want quieren. him there no sounds no very familiar
0: Why is he there, we ask? Who put him in power? He has put my poor people into more crisis. I'm not a protester. A leader, nothing.
3: I'm just another migrant with hunger and need.
0: I am hungry. I lost my kids to
3: poverty. I don't even have a place to stay in Honduras. I left Honduras three years ago and have been in Mexico. And
0: I joined in with the caravan. I ask, 45, please, in the name of Jesus, let your heart be touched. You have a You have blood, flesh, and blood.
3: All of us have a heart for human beings. Que we todos somos seres humanos. Le pedimos ayuda a los demás países, que por favor, pedimos socorro, porque aquí está la más nuestras vidas. Hemos salido de Hay niños inocentes que necesitan ser ayudados.
0: Hay
3: niños, hay personas que están desapareciendo en el amor del Señor. La tierra de es la cosa para que todos oráramos en
0: ella.
3: Todos los países
0: necesitan los países lleguen a socorrer a todos los
3: migrantes que están sufriendo. Estamos
0: sufriendo no porque
3: queremos, estamos sufriendo por la necesidad. No estamos durmiendo en los puentes, no
0: estamos durmiendo en las calles, estamos tanto
3: hambre y frío
0: with hunger and cold because we need to Sunday was a peaceful
3: march. Many, people, many people lost focus because they see no help. Nobody
0: helps them, and out of need they ran because they know their family in Honduras is hungry,
3: and they left to work
0: and to be able to feed them. What happened on Sunday
3: was the need of the Honduran people,
0: the need and hunger that we carry. All of this is public, the way my country is. My country is practically at war, my people dying.
3: My people are dying.
0: I'm not a politician. I don't support any politics. But I do see the reality of my country. I see the need.
3: These are my words.
0: Thank you. Okay. So, um, wow. I'm going to uh, share this video once more um, just to make sure I got it on the, the right page here. Uh, if you go to the Weekly Review webpage, if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, I've just posted this video now. Uh, again, it's in Spanish and there's English subtitles. Please do share that around. Please. It's really important to get the narrative going on of what exactly is happening. That's incredibly crucial. So folks really have an understanding of what's happening. It's one we We've got about 20 more minutes on the show. Oh, goodness. There's there, There's a lot. There's a lot recognizing that there's a few more pieces I wanted to read before we end. I also know there's been a hell of a lot. So I appreciate folks listening in and I get that there's a, when you listen in, especially if it's not live, you get to pause it. You can even pause it now and listen in at another time. If you're interested in listening, listening to previous shows, (laughs) check out mutinyradio.fm under the archives, the pod podcast list, the archives, Uh, I've spoken with a lot of great folks over the years, really great interviews with uh, community organizers, activists, and artists. We've had some live music in here, Uh, really inspirational conversations with people. I do a lot of listening, a lot of learning, and I'm grateful for all the folks who have come in and all the folks who will come in in the future, folks who have called in, folks who have been able to come in in person. There's, there's so much going on out there. (sighs) All right, moving along. There's, there's, there's a lot going on. I also, I used to live in New York and I uh, wanted to just also um, share this event that's happening there tomorrow on Saturday, December 1st from 1.30 to 4 o'clock p.m. at the Flatbush Library at 22 Linden Boulevard. It's an emergency town hall, white supremacy and gentrification in Flatbush. Join the Washington family and your neighbors to talk about strategies to fight gentrification and white supremacy in Flatbush. We believe that fighting gentrification, racism, police violence, and white supremacy is a fight we all, long-time and new residents, communities of color, and white communities, low-income to middle-class people, must be part of. For more information and to RSVP, uh, you can email b4g at org. Again, that's b4g at equalityforflatbush.org. Or 646 uh, 820 6039 is the phone number. Uh, on November 9th, Anne Marie Washington, a Caribbean woman, was beaten and stabbed near Church Avenue by a white assailant hurling racist and sexist insults. Only through the community pressure ha- was the NYPD forced to investigate the assault as a hate crime. To date, no one has been arrested for this brutal white supremacist attack. This crime of hate in our community is unfortunately not an isolated incident it is a statistical fact that racist white supremacy and police violence are on the rise in cities across the country due to gentrification. Gentrification is the deliberate and permanent displacement of low to middle income residents by city government and the real estate industry in order to replace them with residents with more wealth. Since neighborhoods of color are most targeted and impacted by gentrification globally, we believe that at its core, gentrification is white supremacy. In Flatbush, gentrification is being advanced by a corporate rebranding of our neighborhood, a concerted effort to erase the Caribbean, its Caribbean and the migrant-of-color culture. Over the last five years, gentrification has led to the closing of long-time mom-and-pop businesses, some of the highest eviction and foreclosure rates in Brooklyn, and increased police occupation, harassment, and harassment and murder. Since 2012, six unarmed black residents of Flatbush, East Flatbush, and Crown Heights, Kimani Gray, Chantel Davis, Kayyem Livingston, Devante Presley, Dwayne June, and Saheed uh, Vassell, have been shot and or murdered by the NYPD. Hundreds more residents have experienced racial profiling and police brutality. The influx of new white residents into cities has also led to an increase in the weaponizing of 911 calls to the police, especially against Black folks simply living their lives in their own neighborhoods. An example from just last month was when Teresa Klein, a.k.a. hashtag CornerStoreCaroline, a white gentrifier in Flatbush, threatened to call the police while falsely accusing a nine-year-old Black boy of sexual assault. If you believe as we do, that fighting gentrification, racism, police violence, and white supremacy is a fight that all of us, long-time and new residents, communities of color, and white communities, low-income and middle-class people must be a part of, then join us on Saturday, December 1st. And again, this is happening uh, tomorrow, Saturday, December 1st. One thirty to 4 o'clock p.m. at the Flatbush Library, which is at 22 Linden Boulevard. And again, for more info, please contact them at B4G, and that's the number four, B, the number four, the letter G, at uh, equalityforflatbush.org. <sighs> Deep breath. Whew. Okay. And there's one more article. Um, going to get to, I read this uh, yesterday, and I feel like it's, uh, I occasionally read, I mean, there's a lot of different articles I read here, some about specific events, some about actions, and this is more along the lines of uh, kind of an analysis of that. Oh, I also read historical facts and try to get in. There's so much that's happening and also how things are interconnected, and I really appreciated this take on things, and I think it's crucial that we, we take a look at it. And this is from currentaffairs.org and it's called Self-Care Won't Save Us. It came out on November 26th, and it's written by Aisling McRae. Do-it-yourself fixes put the burden of improving health on the individual and ignore systemic causes. I'm going to get some more water. I've been talking for a long time. Ooh, I'm pretty shy in person, so this is the, the time I get to really just speak a lot. Uninterrupted. Okay. It is somewhere between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning. And as per usual, I am flicking through internet tabs without really taking anything in. I am dividing my attention between a recipe for broccoli and peanut butter soup, one which has been in my favorites tab for maybe three years, still never attempted, some news story about a terrible event in which many people have needlessly died, and the usual social media sites. Scrolling down my Facebook feed, in between the enviable holiday snaps and the links to more sad news stories, people don't talk very much on Facebook anymore, I've noticed. It's mostly a conduit for the exchanging of links. A picture catches my eye. It's a cartoon of a friendly-looking blob man, large-eyed and edgeless, wrapped up in blankets. The blob man is saying... It's okay if all, I, if all you want to do today is just stay in bed and watch Netflix. I drop my covers, nodding to no one in particular, and flick to a tab with my favorite old TV show. The above story doesn't refer to any particular night that I can remember, but the general theme is one that I've played out again and again. I'm not sure I've ever, I'm ever going to make th- that soup. If you're a millennial with regular access to the internet, you've probably seen similar images to the cartoon I've described above. They're usually painted in comforting primary colors or pastels, featuring simple illustrations accompanied by a text in a non-threatening font. They invite you to practice, in quotation marks, self-care, a term that has been prominent in healthcare theory for many decades, but has recently increased in visibility online. The term generally refers to a variety of techniques and habits that are supposed to help with one's physical and mental well-being, reduce stress, and lead to a more balanced lifestyle. It's like if you were w- walking outside in a thunderstorm, umbrella-less, and you walked into a cafe filled with plush armchairs, wicker baskets full of flowers, and needle points on the walls that say things like, be kind to yourself, and you are enough, says the Atlantic. Though the term has a medical tinge to it the language used in the world of self-care is more aligned with the world of self-help and much of the advice commonly given in the guise of self-care will be familiar to anyone who has browsed the pop psychology shelves of a bookstore or listened to the counsel of a kindly co-worker take breaks from work and step outside for fresh air take walks in the countryside call a friend for a chat have a lavender bath get a good night's sleep Light a candle, stop being so hard on yourself, take time off if you're not feeling so well, and snuggle under the comforter with a DVD set and a herbal tea. Few people would argue with these tips in isolation, with a few exceptions. I think herbal tea is foul. We should all be making sure we are well-fed, rested, and filling our lives with things that we enjoy. In a time where people, especially millennials, at whom this particular brand of self-care is aimed, are increasingly talking about their struggles with depression, anxiety, and insecurities. It's no wonder that practicing self-care is an appealing prospect, even if it does sometimes seem like a fancy way to say, do things you like. What is concerning is the way that this advice appears to be perfectly designed to fit in with a society that appears to be the cause of so much of the depression, anxiety, and insecurities By finding the solution to young people's mental ill health, be it a diagnosed mental health problem or simply the day-to-day stresses of life in do-it-yourself fixes and putting the burden on the target audience to find a way to cope, the framework of self-care avoids having to think about issues on a societal level. In the world of self-care, mental health is not political. It's individual. Self-care is mental health care for the neoliberal era. As I write, the UK Prime Minister, Theresa May, is tweeting about World Mental Health Day and suicide prevention. She is not the only one. Scrolling through the trending hashtags, there are several, one can find lots of comforting words about taking care of yourself, about opening up, confiding in a friend, keeping active, taking a breath. One such tweet is a picture of an arts and crafts seat cut out of a bright yellow circle behind a dull green paper designed to look like a cheerful sun. Printed on the sign are the words, everything will be so good so soon, just hang in there and don't worry about it too much. All of us have probably seen some variation of these words at many points in our lives, and probably found at least a little bit of momentary relief in them. But looking through other tweets about World Mental Health Day reveals a different side of the issue. People talk about the times they did try to seek help, and were left to languish on waiting lists for therapy. They talk about the cuts to their local services, if they're from somewhere with universal health care, or the insurance policies that wouldn't cover them if they're in the United States. They talk about the illnesses left cold and untouched by campaigns that claim to reduce stigma, personality disorders, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. They talk about homelessness and insecure housing and jobs that leave them exhausted. They talk about loneliness And in the case of Theresa May, they talk about how the suicide prevention minister she promises to hire will have to deal with the many people who consider suicide in response to her government's policies. These are deep material and societal issues that all of us are touched by to at least some degree. We know it when we see people begging in the streets. When we read yet another report that tells us our planet is dying. When we try to figure out why we feel sad and afraid and put it down to an off day, trying not to think about just how many off days we seem to have. We turn to our TVs, to our meditation apps, and we hope we can paper over the cracks. We are in darkness, and when we cry out for light, we are handed a scented candle. A moment sentiment, excuse me, a common sentiment expressed in the world of self-care is that anyone can suffer from mental ill health, mental ill-health. This is true, but it's not the entire story. In fact, mental health problems are strongly correlated with poverty, vulnerability, and physical health conditions with the causation going both ways. Furthermore, there's a big difference between those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to take time off work for doctor's appointments and mental health days and those who can't. Those of us who have children or other dependents to take care of and those who don't. Those of us who have the financial independence to take a break from our obligations when we need to and those who don't. Not all people have the same access to help or even access to their own free time. Employers increasingly expect workers to be available whenever they are needed, both in white-collar jobs and precarious shift work. And in the, heavenly ge- in the, in the heavily gendered responsibilities of being a parent, studying, a late night, a late time Uber gig to cover the bills, or a long commute from the city from the only affordable area in the city, and the stress of life will pile on even as it soaks up the time you're supposed to set aside to relieve that stress. Funding cuts are in fashion across the pl- a plethora of Western countries, both to healthcare and to other services that indirectly affect our health, especially the health of people who need additional support to lead the lives they wish to live, or even just to survive. The rhetoric around self-care is flattering, but flattering treating its audience as though the solution to their problem is believing in themselves and investing in themselves." This picture glosses over the question of what happens when society does not believe or invest in us. Even for those of us who are relatively lucky in life, self-care does not solve our problems. It's okay if all you did today was breathe. Promises a, which is in quotations, promises a widely shared image, a macro of a gentle talking pair of lungs. Well, I hate to break it to you, Talking Lungs, but it's 2018. We're supposed to be walking powerhouses of productivity, using every minute of our time to its best effect. In an economic environment where careers are precarious and competitive, young people are increasingly pressured to give up their free time to take on extracurriculars and unpaid projects, quote-unquote, for their resume, produce creative content For exposure, awesome quotations, learn skills such as coding, scout for jobs on LinkedIn, write self-promoting posts about their personal qualities, and perhaps worst of all, attend god-awful networking events, some of which don't even have free canopies. Canopies taking part in all of this sounds unfair and exploitative but you're in a world where solidarity is just the name of a song from the billy elliot musical it, if you won't go along with it there's a line of brilliant hungry graduates from top name schools right behind you who will it doesn't stop with work either This way of thinking about ourselves, constantly in need of self-improvement, constantly aware of our need to market ourselves as premium humans, seeps into our personal lives as much as our professional lives. On your way home from the office, perhaps you'll flick through some apps on your smartphone, doing all the tasks you've assigned to yourself so you can be stronger, smarter, more attractive. Have you walked the 10,000 steps today mandated by your Fitbit? Have you done your Duolingo practice? You're falling behind with learning French. Learning French will make you more appealing to employers and might also make you look sexy and mysterious on dates. Have you responded to that Tinder message? It wasn't very interesting, but you can't remember the last time you met a romantic prospect organically, so you should really get around to responding. You need to think of a good joke first, though. If you come off as too generic, they'll be on to the next candidate. Have you finished that book For your book club? you look like an idiot if you don't know how it ends. Did you play the guitar today? Creativity is important. Have you checked the news? What if someone asks you about the situation in Myanmar? How's your posture? Is it upright? Check your reflection in the window. Why are you slouching? Why are you so pale? Why are you so tired? Who is this person? It's harder too if you're a woman. Copy and paste this sentence and stick it into any article you like, it'll work. The standard pressures from the advertising industry have only ramped up as we've turned away from traditional media, insinuating their way into social media under the same guise of aspirational content, but this time smiling with the face of a friend. YouTube and, and Instagram stars draw you in with viral content and enviable abs, promising that if you think that if you drink the juice, do the workout routine learn how to use a hairdryer and perfect salon technique, and if you're finding it's difficult, this new product makes it so much easier, see my code for a 15% discount, you can be the best version of yourself you can be. This is a lie, of course. The goal is not to be you, it's to be them. You know this, and no, it isn't what you should think, but you cannot help how you feel. The insecurity is burrowing deep under your skin and, planning and planting the desire to be someone else does it excuse me (laughs) don't even have to be internet internally consistent being a woman means you have you can stand in front of a mirror and simultaneously be upset that you're not as skinny as a sportswear model and as curvaceous as a 1950s pinup girl your phone is filled with updates from the lives of beautiful women you do not know flick to the next image in your feed pass the girl with a photoshopped manicure perhaps in reality her nails like yours are bitten down The next post is about self-care. There's a link to buy bath oils in in the description. Social media sites, on social media sites such as Instagram and Pinterest, pictures exhorting us to uh, set aside an evening to relax, sit alongside images of gorgeous people we will never look like, but we'll spend hundreds of dollars and hours trying to emulate. Images of locations we will never travel to, but will keep for years on our bucket lists. Images of top 10 lists from successful entrepreneurs whose life advantages and luck cannot be guaranteed, but who we will continue to hold up as experts in how they attained their position in life. Ironically, in telling us to take the pressure off ourselves, self-care discourse can feel as though it's doing the exact opposite. Adding, taking care of our mental health as yet another task to put onto our plates, alongside finding a fulfilling, well-paid career, doing overtime to prove our worth, networking to maximize our chance of success, getting to the gym five times a week, finding the perfect skincare routine, practicing an interesting and resume-friendly hobby, seeing friends in a variety of glamorous locales, finding a partner, and creating an original yet classic decor theme for our homes, if it's too hard and you need something easier for a little bit, you are invited to seek solace in consumption. Watch Netflix, watch Amazon Prime, put a little more change in the pocket of the world's richest man in exchange for a couple of hours distraction. Get delivery food from an app that uses poorly paid independent contractors. The bulk of them time, the bulk of them time poor, cash poor millennials like you. Squash down the wave of guilt guilt as spending too much money at using services uh, you don't support at ordering the chicken when you swore you'd go vegan months ago. You're feeling constantly guilty about something or other un- about something or other anyway. So one more thing to feel guilty about barely registers. After eating, you curl up on the couch, hugging your knees with your arms small. You're taking up the most minimal space, even in our darker moments. And I'm also going to comment here. I haven't commented yet. I'm getting really tired of reading it. This is a lot longer than I thought it was to read out loud. Yikes. Also, just the use of the, the word dark as something negative is something to look into and to not not to. Think of other words that can be used. Okay. <sighs> okay. Uh, we feel the needs exist in the most efficient way possible. Why are these, why are these feelings familiar? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm so tired. Are we almost at the end? it's a good article. It's just, Oh my gosh, there's still so much more to get to. I'm going to read a quick paragraph towards the end. Um, I mean, there's a few more paragraphs left. Um, Okay, but what if there was an alternative? What if you don't? What if you didn't have to worry about your insurance covering a therapist because everyone had universal coverage? What if you weren't exhausted from balancing your job and your family because you had affordable daycare, decent parental leave, and six weeks paid vacation? What if you didn't have to spend every waking moment optimizing yourself for the job market because we had built an economy that did not put disproportionate power in the hands of employers? What if we stopped thinking of ourselves as being constantly in competition with each other because we realized it was more of a source of misery than success? What if we didn't feel a nagging sense of doom every time we looked at the news because we were actually on the road to making things better? What if we built something different? What if we did it together? All of us need to take pleasure in things we enjoy. It's important to take care of our needs and smell flowers and eat cheesecake. But if our deeper anxieties are at least in part caused by our conditions, then maybe our solutions, our solution lies in fixing our conditions. Instead of commiserating with coworkers on poor working environment, imagine organizing with them. Imagine connecting with other people in your community over things that matter to all of you, whether it's saving a treasured park or bringing attention to a local crisis, going door to door, meeting people you've been living next to this whole time, hearing their voices, hearing your collective voice get a little louder every time someone joins you. Imagine what putting faith in solidarity could do do at a local level or a national level. How would it feel to take back power, to have agency? Developing bonds with people over something that matters can be electrifying. And of course, if you win, that's a real change to the world you live in for you and the people around you. And even if you don't win, all is not lost because you created a possibility, the possibility that future victories might come, that other people might be inspired by what you did, that you could return to try again, that there's a better thing to be created. Most importantly of all, there's hope perhaps the most powerful force in life. No bubble bath can give us that. Maybe that's a gift we give ourselves. Whew. Okay. So again, you can find this um, article at uh, current events.org. And the name of this was self care won't save us. It was written on November 26th by Aisling McRae. And I've also posted it on the Facebook page with that um, coming up next at 2 PM very soon is women's magazine uh, with, with global Val. We'll take a bit of a break before then though. So I'm going to read one quick, one more quick thing. Cause we can't end on like a uplifting note. Well, we can, but I choose not to cause <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, so Mark Lamont Hill was fired from CNN recently because he made some statements that were in support of the Palestinian people. And so he made a statement and unfortunately we live in a time when folks conflate anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism and there has been a rise in anti-Semitic attacks, and that's not the same as folks who are questioning the role of the Israeli government and the military. Uh especially at the expense of uh Palestinians who have uh, long been suffering and having just to to fight to survive. So I wanted to read uh uh whew, <laughs> move down. We're getting there. To uh <sighs> his quote here and again you can follow follow uh mark lamont hill on twitter it's at mark lamont hill and that's mark was m-a-r-c i'm pretty sure i've shared this on their weekly review website let me just check here nope i haven't yet so i'm gonna share that right now so if you want to share it from our webpage please do so i am posting it at this very moment and mark lamont hill says i support palestinian freedom I support Palestinian self-determination. I am deeply critical of Israeli policy and practice. I do not support antisemitism, killing Jewish people, or any of the other things attributed to my speech. I have spent my life fighting for these things or fighting these things. Excuse me. I do not support anti-Semitism, killing Jewish people, or any of the other things attributed to my speech. I have spent my life fighting these things. So again, here we see another f- person who has been fired due to their <sighs> speaking out against Israeli <sighs> aggression. So, ugh, and my apologies on the missing, on missing the word there. Okay. So, that's the end of the show. It's 1.58. Coming up in a little bit is... Uh, can you tell that I'm tired? It's it's almost 2 p.m. and I'm really exhausted. Uh, women's Magazine with Global valve, followed by a brand new episode of the Common Thread Collective, also new. Uh, come in, support the show, support the station, support a lot of things. Hopefully, uh, we all learned something today. Um, I learned I'm going to read things a little more carefully in the future. I make mistakes. That's a DIY show. I recognize that. I don't edit it kind of just goes out uncensored as it is. Um, Supporting people, speaking truth to power, if we have to do like a rap, uh, a moral at the end of the show, um, supporting the folks, the women who are incarcerated uh, in the UK, speaking truth to power, migrants uh, in Tijuana right now from Honduras, speaking truth to power, Mark Lamont Hill, and all the folks speaking up for Palestinian freedom, speaking truth to power. There's... A lot of people, the folks that rally in Flatbush against gentrification, the folks asking for PG&E to be held accountable, speaking truth to power. <sighs> and the Faye Schulman, the survivor of the Holocaust who fought Nazis, speaking truth to power. A lot of folks, a lot of people. Okay. Oh, activists in Ferguson. we You get it. You get it. All right. Time for this is the last song of the show. I'm woof. I'm I'm woof. Okay. This is the last track off the album Invalidations Volume 2. Again, you can find this at and Invalidations Volume 2 by JKLM. Thanks so much for listening in. We'll have another show next week. Have a great week everybody. And it's going to take us sw- just a moment here to get started. so uh, I will say once again thanks so much for listening in. I've already said that I'm really just killing time until I get this this going. Uh, there's not necessarily any real reason for me to say more as we get this going. Oh, this is not the song I had planned on so we're gonna let it play until I get the one we do. DIY here. Alright, the song is called Ace. It's track number right, 20, I guess the last Ace, song. Ace, we off should ask
1: album. you some questions. Because what Uncle Leroy really wants is audio of you. Kay. But I want to ask,